from Pump House 110 Productions. You've now entered the paranormal radius with your hosts, Chris and Anissa, where darkness comes to light and we explore everything that goes bump in the night. Sit back, hold on, and get lost with us as we discover how the supernatural impacts our new sense of reality. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number three of the Paranormal Radius. Today's topic is going to be about exorcism on the rise in America and demonic possession. But before we get started, I'd like to give a shout out to Intrinsic Shaving. Look and feel like a million bucks with only the finest products that goes into this intrinsic line of shaving. So do something nice for yourself and go to intrinsic.com and change your shaving experience. So with that being said, I'm Chris. And I'm Anissa. And we are going to be talking about exorcisms and demonic possession on the rise in America. We heard about this on our way down to have our vacation, and we were listening to another amazing podcast called Scared to Death. Highly recommend it. Check it out. Great people hosting it, and it's a lot of fun. They're fantastic. We love them to death. Chris got me started on their podcast, and I am just absolutely hooked. But yeah, they started talking about how recently... Uh, demonic possession and exorcisms in the United States have been like crazy on the rise. When they took polls in, in 1990, they asked, you know, how how many people believe in demonic possession? And at that time, about 55% of Americans believed in, in possession or believed in the devil. And then they took another poll in 2007, and it was up to 70%. So with that being said, what do you think is creating the rise in it? Is it just general discussion, popularity, or is there more evil in the world? Well, one of the things that um, this article that I read, uh, it was actually um, called American Exorcism. It was written by Mike Mariani in 2018. And uh, it speaks about how the uh, Pope John Paul II um, and then now Pope Francis both have been openly very vocal about the fact that the devil exists. That it's not some, you know, a metaphor for the evil or the, your sins or anything. It's an actual being that tries to corrupt your life and tries to take over your soul. And that how everyone in the world has the opportunity or the risk of being possessed or influenced by the devil. So do you think that the demonic possession is more of an opportunistic evil? Or do you think people bring it on themselves? Or do you think it's a combination? What are some of the thoughts that's causing it? Well, uh, there was one pope that, or not pope, sorry, there was one um, cardinal that he had spoken to that, or a bishop, or I'm sorry, I'm not Catholic, so I don't know all of the rankings of the officials, but there was a person in the church that he spoke to that said that there is a swing, like the less that church is involved in society, then the more that society looks for another spiritual guidance or spiritual awakening, and so they have a tendency to lean more towards things of the occult and you know and a supernatural uh realm just kind of <laughs> kind of like what we do you know that you you want that knowledge you want to have that ability to speak to the other side that sort of thing so people use spirit boards or ouija boards or they mentioned uh tarot cards or healing crystals or you know and all of those things uh you and i have discussed have the possibility for good to come out of them but they you don't want to use them uh frivolously yeah, and that's true, because really in life, no matter what you do, there's a good outcome and a bad outcome. But if the bad outcome outweighs the good, obviously that's going to be the dominant, and you're going to have a problem with whatever you may choose to do. Yeah, this uh, bishop in general also mentioned uh, about, <laughs> of course, that damn Harry Potter, and about how the um, that franchise 
kind of intrigued a whole uh, generation of people. They speak specifically about the millennials, but a whole generation of people that are now interested in witchcraft and the power and knowledge that comes along with that. So you have people that are opening up these doorways and these pathways and making their soul susceptible to demonic oppression and possession. So that can actually take us back to last episode regarding the black-eyed children where they need permission to cross a, a literal doorway or a hypothetical doorway, example, a car, things like that. And the Catholic Church is saying that demons need a doorway to grant access to your soul and your body. So that does kind of correlate. So you're thinking or we're thinking that it is a it is a real, it's a doorway issue and that the black-eyed children very well could be demons in disguise. Um, another thing that they mentioned was that people are searching for a reason behind all of the awful things happening in the world. So you've got, you know, wars erupting everywhere. You've got tsunamis coming in. And it's very difficult for the human mind to wrap around, you know, things, bad things happen. You know, we've got protests and riots and everything, everything happening in our own specific country. And so a lot of people are trying to turn and find out if there's an outlying force that is causing these things to happen. There were in the, um, the protests back, you know, in October and back this summer, they actually had um, archbishops come out and give community-wide exorcisms over the crowds. They had, like, in Portland, they had a crowd of 200 people that a bishop came out and gave a, um, a communion to and gave an exorcism over the crowd saying to release the evil from this community. And so people are trying to look and find answers where it goes beyond science it goes beyond you know the with global warming everything else and they're trying to find these answers because a lot of times science you know obviously is is a working theory and so it constantly changes and so people want more of a concrete thing so if you can say oh well someone is acting this way because they are chemically imbalanced in the brain or someone is acting this way because they're possessed people that want that concrete answer are going to lean towards the answer being possession and if i if i'm correct don't before an exorcism takes place does the catholic church recommend you take certain steps before you actually embark on the the exorcism act yeah actually um i was really surprised to learn this because everything that i've ever known of exorcisms again i'm not catholic i'm not i don't belong to one denomination or the other and i identify more as a spiritual person so i really didn't have any knowledge of the inner workings outside of what you see in hollywood as what goes on with uh, exorcisms and a lot of times you know the the pushback is that it's a mental health issue that people have you know some sort of mental health going on whether it is a dissociative disorder or a schizophrenia and that's what's causing these demonic personalities to come forth but before you're even considered you have to go through a mental health evaluation by a professional in the industry and basically tick off all of these boxes that says nope this isn't what this person is experiencing they don't fall underneath um, any of these categories for mental health issues and i know they did mention that uh some things make people more susceptible than others to possession and that there was one study that showed that 80 percent of sex abuse survivors are actually more prone to being possessed and in the theory behind that is they have a quote soul wound which being that the demonic entities are very opportunistic that wound makes you open 
for them to kind of come in and actually make you think everything's going right. And then they have you and now you're needing a priest. There was a couple uh, interviews or the author of this article spoke to a few people that had had this sexual trauma earlier on in their life. And one of the main people of the article had said about how, you know, everything would be going fantastic. And then they'd hear a certain, you know, certain type of music or a certain smell of food or something. And that would immediately trigger them and put them back into this state where they just freak out and they'd have this rage and everything else. And so it was kind of interesting to me that, yeah, you know, you have these, these traumas, these brain psychological issues, but when it comes to, if there isn't a demonic oppression or possession there, like maybe that demon is using those things to make you more susceptible because if you're a stronger person that is going to be able to have coping mechanisms that you can get by all these traumas, then you're not going to be as susceptible to listen to that little voice in your head that says your life is crumbling down around you. And they also were talking about uh, certain things to to look for in signs of a possession. And, and you know, we've all heard them, but we're going to go ahead and go over them a little bit. When somebody starts speaking a different language, and it's not a language that they're fluent in, and most of the time it's Latin, sometimes it's Italian, but it's mainly Latin, and then they'll follow that up with absolutely insane human strength, like we're talking lifting things that are five times heavier than them, um, sometimes levitating, sometimes in that different language and contorting their body in a way that is completely unnatural. And they have an aversion to when you start throwing biblical terminology or start using uh, sacred objects, a crucifix, the Bible, holy water. They have a very, very strong aversion to that, and that can actually create the violence that we talk about with the insane physical strength. And they're also such an opportunistic evil that they know what scares you, they know what you're afraid of, and they know what traumas you've had, and they will throw that in your face. And during an exorcism, right, they will actually say things to the priest or the family members to basically cause them a what I refer to as a soul wound to actually make them even more open and back off and let the evil entity actually control the entire room. Right, because during an exorcism, you have the, the issue of obviously you're trying to remove this demonic entity from this person, but that demon isn't going to give up easily, for one. And two, it's not going to want to go back to wherever it came from. It wants to stay here. It wants to wreak havoc. It wants to uh, wreak souls, like whatever its purpose is. So if them saying bringing up a trauma from someone else's past in the room creates this opening, they can leave this person jump into another you know another being and hide there the priest says oh look everybody's you know everyone's fine and leaves and then now they have it a whole other being that they can start the process all over with that might fly under the radar because you know it it learns and it knows exactly what it's doing to keep from being detected so with all of that don't you find or i at least found it really strange that the huge uptick in exorcisms being performed and priests and people being I guess, trained to to give exorcisms. Is it because it's more of an open forum now and it's not such a, a negative context? Or do you actually think that there is uh, literally more evil in the world right now, given what just 2020 alone, the absolute circus that that year's turned out to be? I think, honestly, that there is a combination of the two. So um, it said that in uh, 2018, the Archdiocese of Indianapolis had 1,700 requests for, in Indianapolis alone, for exorcisms. That's incredible. Yeah, and they said that a very, very, very small portion of them actually make it through to the 
exorcism part to the exorcism rites where the church says, yes, this person is possessed. Many of them will go through the mental health evaluation and get weeded out that way and, you know, and then receive the, the mental health help that they need. It does get frustrating for some because, you know, again, you have that solid thinking of the reason I'm acting like this is because I have a demon in me. When it comes out, it's like, no, the reason you're acting like that is because you have schizophrenia. Well, there's still not a a strong reasoning of why behind that. And so that gets frustrating for some people, according to what this article had said. But um, there's, I think that the knowledge and the uptick of American exorcisms and possessions also has to do with the fact, like you said, that there is a more widely spread uh, acknowledgement uh, that this could be an issue. Uh, Pope Francis is one to say that the devil is an actual, I don't want to say person, but an actual being that's going to attack you. In uh, 2017, they have an exorcism rite that has been around since the you know 15th century. And last year, a few years ago, was the first time it was ever printed in English. And that's because there's such a huge uptake that it's needed in America. And so they printed it in English. It's not just in Latin anymore. So to me, the reason that, at least that I can think of, that there's this, the larger numbers that are showing up is that you have this divide in our country on, on, you know, when, when it comes to global warming, when it comes to, you know, like there's a science culture and then there is this faith culture that they're going to, and they both are very intense. They both follow blindly behind whatever leaders are of that culture. And so it's a possibility that maybe the people that are following behind the faith culture really do, you know, do need an answer for the things that are going on. And the the best answer for them is that it's something demonic that's causing all the bad things to happen in our country. So with that being said, and the uptick in people being, quote, qualified to perform the rite of exorcisms, do you think that that could also be a breeding ground or a feeding opportunity for a demon when done inappropriately on someone with an actual mental disorder because they're already weakened and their mind's in a more fragile state because they're not getting the, the proper care, I guess you could say, that, that's required? So they could actually be lying in wait and people thinking they're doing good. I, I wonder if that's not basically an option to bring demons into a person that wasn't even possessed to begin with. So, you know, the treading lightly, being able to perform an exorcism because, like we all know, they're very opportunistic and that might cause them to, to prey on people that think that they're performing an exorcism and doing well. Oh, absolutely. I know that there was a, a huge backlash on some uh, exorcisms that have been performed because people are saying, no, this person wasn't possessed. They weren't oppressed. There was no demonic entity happening whatsoever or, you know, there that was present they were just very sick. And then there's been deaths that have occurred from that because the priest goes too far. And again, it's a lack of training or it's an ego thing that comes from, you know, from the priest of, yes, I can cast out this demon type thing. And then, you know, all of a sudden you've got a, a dead child on your hands because the, the physical toll the exorcism took on that person was too much for their body to handle. And so then theologically, you come back and you think, okay, so so who, where was the demon in that picture? You know, like, was there actual demonic entity in that person? And, you know, their soul is in heaven because the priest won? Or was, you know, the, the demonic entity or the, um, the purpose behind the priest and they've just killed someone and now 
they're susceptible to, you know, because now you've got that soul wound. They've got to live with the fact that they've just killed someone. So, you know, who's susceptible? Where does it go too far? You know, how how do you how do you make sure that the priest that you know is good is uh, trained, fully trained, and will know exactly what to do and isn't going to cause more harm than good? Well, and with that being said, you know, to kind of go down the the rabbit hole even further, who's to say that the person coming in to quote save the day from someone that is concerned about possession on themselves or in the family, what's to say that that person isn't fronting as a priest or an exorcist that's actually been possessed by a devil itself? Because we all know that they're very opportunistic and intelligent. So you have to be real careful not to go into things blindly and know your sources and go through the proper channels. Don't just find somebody on Craigslist to come cast out a demon because (laughs) next thing you know, your five-year-old's picking up the car and it's setting stuff on fire. Right. So, well, I know that um, one of the things with the person that, that was the highlight of this article um, was actually from Tacoma, and she had contacted, actually contacted somebody online. The person online had told them, you know, you should, this is who she, you should contact uh, through the Catholic Church in Tacoma, and that father was actually not someone that did exorcisms, but would try to bring people back onto the correct path with prayer. So, you know, it would be a prayer of taking the evil out of your life, of really focusing like hardcore, this is exactly what you need to say, that sort of thing. So he determined that this person um, they thought was experiencing demonic oppression because the prayer seemed to help for a little while. Um, so, you know, it's there are options within the church, whether you're Catholic or no matter what uh, denomination you belong to, that if for some reason you feel like something's going on, you can go talk to, you know, your trusted spiritual advisor and they can give you other avenues like that, you know, if something's going on in your life that you can try to find some sort of a healthy outlet for rather than immediately thinking that you're going to have to go through, you know, pea soup spitting exorcisms. And also the the lady in Tacoma that had the possession, uh, she was actually in a substance abuse care program because she was an alcoholic. And I also believe that people, when you're addicted to an altering substance, alcohol, illegal drugs, things of that nature, uh, no matter what you tell yourself, you're in a dark place. And what's in a dark place? Evil and bad thoughts and bad things. So this, some of the studies I've read and seen, a majority of people possessed have some form of uh, substance abuse problem, which I think, you know, that's a voluntary soul wound that you give yourself and that makes you susceptible to being manipulated and possibly taken in possession of. Well, and you have to think, too, that think about when uh, people go into, you know, like a shaman-type trance. Normally, that's not done by just, like, you know, sit down and this is what's going to happen. They take some sort of hallucinogenic substance that gets them to that place, that opens them up to that spirit realm. So it's kind of like, oh, what's it called when you... Not spirit walk. Well, you can leave your body during dreams. Oh, astral projection. Astral projection. So, you know, if you can astral project, it leaves your body open for something else to step in. So it's kind of all in the same same sort of thing. Like when you get super high or super drunk, it's almost an out-of-body experience simply because of the fact that, you know, you've got this mind-altering, body-altering substance in your system that you don't have control over all of your full faculties. So that leaves you susceptible for something else to step in and take over. Yeah, I think that's pretty well nailed on the head. You 
you've opened yourself up by getting out of your normal thought process and people, yeah, not to get repetitive, but I think that that definitely does open you up for demonic possession. Absolutely. One of the things that one of the um, bishops talks about, you know, when he mentioned Harry Potter and everything else, um, were Ouija boards, tarot cards, ambulance. I've kind of brought this up before, but when you are going to, if you're going to dabble into any of these things, whether it's just, you know, it's speaking to spirits, using a spirit box, using a spirit board, any of those things, you have to be very careful of the way that you're opening yourself, opening others up in the room that's with you to that opportunity for, you know, any sort of attachment from an entity. It doesn't have to be demonic. It can just be a pissed off spirit that's going to attach itself to you because it wants to wreak havoc. It was a dick in the real world and now it's a dick in the spirit world. And so you just really have to make sure that you're careful when using all of those things. And, you know, obviously Chris and I aren't professionals. We, you know, we don't have like a little ghost hunting license that we can flash our anywhere. But at the same time, we're aware of the dangers that can come along with this sort of a business. And so if you're going to, you know, use any sort of healing crystals or you're going to get into astrology or you're going to get into anything that goes beyond your human world that's, you know, super based in reality, you just really have to make sure that you've done your research, you've taken precautions and you're protecting yourself because, Again, you and I may stick to the rules that everybody's supposed to follow in the real real world, but it doesn't mean that everybody else is. Think about it as getting into a car. You put on your seatbelt. You make sure you follow the speed limit. You you know don't drive fast on icy roads. Not because you think that something is going to crazy bad happen, but you're protecting yourself from the idiot that's not following any of those rules. So that way, if something does happen, you don't get severely injured. And for us as investigators, we recommend don't don't uh, get into it and go trial by fire. Um, we've left ourselves open just on sheer ignorance on our behalf, and we learned and we were fortunate not to have a negative outcome. But now when we go in, we are protected, and it, it's not complete immunity, but you need to be aware, and there is proper steps to go through when you want to do an investigation and try to make contact. So with that, do you think that, it's, again, just the environment and what's going on in the world that's causing the rise? Or do you think it's a lot of people that just are thinking of it as a game? Because I know in episode one, we talked about how tarot cards was brought into the house and had stayed there for a while. And was it was unknown that they were there to me. And that's when weird things started happening. And then it's diminished a great deal since all of that, all of that material and that whole situation is long gone and away. I really think that it, I mean, like, I think that it, one feeds off of the other. So you've got all of these people that are coming in and trying to dabble in all of these different cultures that they may not know, know enough about. You know, you've got people that are smudging their house with sage that have absolutely no idea where that even comes from, let alone the culture that they may be honoring or dishonoring by doing so. You've got people that are stepping into the tarot card card world that may have no idea what sort of gateways that opens up and just leaving that gate open for anything to walk through and inhabit or possess or wreak havoc on the world of the people around them. So, you know, you've got all of this happening where people are dabbling in these areas that they really don't know enough about and they're not researching, they're not doing their due diligence, just like you and I have talked about people politically that they like to read the headlines, but they don't actually delve into the article. Same sort of thing. They don't, they just take the bare minimum and whether it's laziness or just that culture of instant gratification, they want to be magical sorcerers right now, 
they go into, you know, these different realms that they don't know enough about, leave doors wide open, and then it's kind of like fanning the flames of a house fire. You leave a window open for a small fire, it's going to turn into a raging inferno. And I think that 2020 is kind of our inferno. Yeah, 2020 is definitely an inferno. And uh, when you're home on quarantine or where you're at, don't just pick up a Ouija board and do it because you're bored. This is not something to to, to play around with you need to know what you're doing because it is very open and it, it it can really pose a threat thank you for listening to episode number three and we will have some more content out shortly we really appreciate your patronage and being a part of this journey with us you guys are awesome and thank you again yes thank you guys so very much my special shout out this week is actually going to be to my co-worker danny She is absolutely fantastic, and I love her to pieces, and thank you so much for all of your support, and tell your hubby that it is real. (laughs) Yeah, that works, and Brent Thomas will be my shout-out again to Paranormal Portal. Uh, Amazing podcast, lots of insight, and just an all-around good listen. Go be a part of the Paranormal Portal family, just like all of us are. So you guys take care, and we'll see you next time. Bye!